Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for August 14th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. We pray to you, O Lord, you hear us in the morning. At sunrise, we offer our prayer and wait for your answer. Our readings for today are Psalm 104 and 149. 2 Samuel 16, 1 through 23, Acts 22, 17 through 29, and Mark 11, 1 through 11. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O, my, o Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. You set the earth on its foundations, so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the heavens, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they may not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills, giving drink to every wild animal. The wild asses quench their thirst. By the streams, the birds of the air have their habitation. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, the water, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use, to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that God planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has its home in the fir trees, the high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the conies. You have made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows its time for setting. You make dark darkness and it is night when all the animals of the forest come creeping out. The young lion roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. People go out to their work and to their labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships, ships, the leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the, their dust. 
when you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in God's works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to God, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, God's praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise God's name with dancing, making melody to God with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in God's people. God adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their couches. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with fetters and their nobles with chains of iron, to execute on them the judgment decreed, this is glory for all God's faithful ones. Praise the Lord. First reading is 2 Samuel 16, 1-23. When David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of donkeys saddled carrying 200 loaves of bread, 100 bunches of raisins, 100 of summer fruits, and one skin of wine. The king said to Ziva, Why have you brought these? Ziva answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine is for those to drink who faint in the wilderness. The king said, And where's your master's son? Ziva said to the king, He remains in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. Then the king said to Ziva, All that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. Ziva said, I do obeisance. Let me find favor in your sight, my lord the king. When King David came to Bahrim, a man of the family of the house of Saul came out, whose name was Shimei, son of Gera. He came out cursing. He threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David. Now all the people and all the warriors were on his right and on his left. Shimei shouted while he cursed, Out! Out! Murderer! Scoundrel! The Lord has avenged on all of you the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, disaster has overtaken you, for you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, son of Zeriah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeriah? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, who then shall say, Why have you done so? David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son seeks my life. How much more may this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has bidden him. 
It may be that the Lord will look on my distress and the Lord will repay me with good for this cursing of me today. So David and his men went on the road, while Shemai went along the hillside opposite him and cursed as he went, throwing stones and flinging dust at him. The king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. Now Absalom and all the Israelites came to Jerusalem. Ahithophel was with him. When Hushai the Archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, No, but the one whom the Lord and this people and all the Israelites have chosen, his will I be, I will be, and with him I will remain. Moreover, whom shall I serve? Should it not be his son? Just as I have served your father, so I will serve you. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give us your counsel. What shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, the ones he has left to look after the house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself odious to your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom upon the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines on the site of all Israel. Now, in those days, the counsel that Ahithophel gave was as of one consulted the oracle of God. So all the counsel of Ahithophel was esteemed, both by David and by Absalom. From Acts twenty-two seventeen through 29. Paul continues. After I had returned to Jerusalem, and while I was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance, and I saw Jesus saying to me, Hurry and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And while the blood of your witness Stephen was shed, I myself was standing by, approving and keeping the coats of those who killed him. Then he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Up to this point they listened to him, but then they shouted, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And while they were shouting, throwing off their cloaks and tossing dust into the air, the tribune directed that he was to be brought into the barracks and ordered him to be examined by flogging to find out the reason for this outcry against him. But when they had tied him up with thongs, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who is uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? This man is a Roman citizen. The tribune came and asked Paul, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, It cost me a large sum of money to get my citizenship, Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Immediately, those who were about to examine him drew back from him, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. And from Mark 11, 1 through 11. 
When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks in it, on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the ground, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then they entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, it was already late. And he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, our readings for today, we have from 1 Samuel, or 2 Samuel, we're in. Um, David is continuing on his way out of Jerusalem. He is running away from Absalom, and he encounters uh, a few people. First, he encounters, um, there is uh, Ziba, who we have seen before. He is the um, servant of Mephibosheth, one of the sons of Saul that David took pity on and and kept alive and and um, sort of raised him in his own household. Ziba is on his way to David, has found out that David is on his way out of Jerusalem, and he has donkeys for them, and he has bread, and he has wine, he has supplies, all these things ready to give to him. And David says, well, where is your master Mephibosheth? And he says, well, he's in Jerusalem. He's He's waiting to see what will happen. He's hoping that he's, the implication is that he is going to be king, or at least have a high standing because of his um, lineage as the son of Saul, um, or the grandson of Saul, excuse me. He is Jonathan's son. Um, so David gives all of the land to Ziva, who has been taking care of it this whole time, and says, okay, fine, if, <laughs> if Mephibosheth is not going to be faithful to me in any way, then it it all now belongs to you. Then he runs into, what is his name? Um, Bahrim, um, a man of Saul's family who sees him on his way out and takes the time to curse him and throw rocks at him and all these different things, right? He is just, he is ecstatic and he is angry at David um, because David took over the kingship from Saul. And so this man thinks that uh, because of that, he, is, he has been sort of lowered in status, which he has. And so he's throwing rocks and insults and all these sorts of things at David. And the people next to David say, well, are you going to just take this, right? All, all of these terrible things that this man is saying about you. He's, he's going all over Facebook. He's going on Twitter. He's saying all these bad things about David. Are, are you not going to, you know, like 
say something about this? And David says, no. Maybe God has sent him to curse me. I, I need to hear these things. David realizes that he has brought all of this upon himself because of his own action. Um, and so he wants to take a, um, this moment or this, uh, a posture of humility. He knows that he has caused this upon himself, and so he's going to take it. He's going to take all these things. His, the, the, the chickens have come to roost politically, um, economically, all of these, morally. All of these things have, have come back because of what he has done. Yeah, people from Saul's family are not super fans of David because he took over the kingship. Now, he can say until he's blue in the face that God gave it to him and all these sorts of things, but that doesn't change what this person is feeling. So he doesn't attack him. He, doesn't, he just kind of goes on his way and continues on. Um, then we have uh, um, Absalom finally gets to Jerusalem while David is on his way out. It eventually makes it to um, the Jordan River to refresh himself. Um, Absalom comes and meets uh, Ahithophel. You may remember that Ahithophel was one of the servants of David, who David said, "Stay with, stay in Jerusalem." serve Absalom, but kind of be this spy and also give him bad advice. And so the bad advice that Ahithophel gives to Absalom, the son of David, is, well, David left all these concubines. You should go into them, which is pretty literal, right? He's, he's going to go have sex with them. Um, on the rooftop, they're going to set up a tent for this purpose so that it's a very sort of open and Everybody knows exactly what's going on. Um, and this is bad advice for the purpose of kind of messing with Absalom and, and doing all of this. But it is also a fulfillment, you may remember, of exactly what Nathan said, that because of this, af after the rape of, of um, Bathsheba as, and the killing of her husband, Nathan comes to David and says, because of these things, one of the things that he noted was that his wives would be, um, would have sex with somebody else on the rooftop of the palace. Um, this is exactly what happens. So a lot of chickens are coming home to roost for David. Um, a lot of the, all of these things are sort of coming back on him. And again, David is having this posture of humility. Um, he realizes that this is because of his actions, and so he is kind of just going with it. Um, again, this is one of the reasons that David is different. Not that he doesn't make mistakes. Not that he doesn't make really, really bad mistakes but that he also acknowledges that there are repercussions to his actions. And when he makes poor decisions, then there are going to be repercussions. And so he just takes them. Interesting. All right. So Paul continues to speak to this crowd, this, this mob that is gathered around him. He is being arrested by the, um, the guards there in Jerusalem, by the Roman uh, centurion. Um, 
and he is continuing to speak to this this mob he tells them not only what did he have this conversion experience on the way to damascus but then he came back to jerusalem and as he was in the temple worshiping this is an important thing and this is the first time he's told this story um while he was in the in the temple worshiping he again saw a vision of jesus saying you need to not be here you need to go you need to go away um, go and speak to the Gentiles. So part of that, he is saying that, you know, this is a divinely given mission, um, but that he's, his focus is not the Jewish people. His focus is the Gentiles. Because remember, uh, these Jewish folks who are, are angry at him are saying that he is saying bad things, basically, about the Jewish people. And he's reminding them that there's this... Uh, he has this purpose, and yes, he he deals with the Gentiles differently because they are different, and that's okay. So then he's taken inside. The, the mob goes nuts because he is talking about this mission to the Gentiles. So he's taken inside. They're going to get the, the real story out of him by flogging him. They're going to beat him up. They're going to... Um, you know, advanced interrogation. <laughs> They're going to torture him in order to get information. And he says, hey, wait a second. Um, is it okay? Is it lawful for you to do this to a Roman citizen? So imagine, you know, you're in, you know, it's a, it's a police drama or something like that. Someone's been taken into custody. They're going to do these things to him and he, uh, because they think maybe that he's not an American citizen. And he says, well, wait, I am an American citizen. You can't just do whatever you want. Um, this is basically what he says. Uh, they could, as Roman guards in this occupied territory of Jerusalem, they could do it basically whatever they wanted to, especially to someone who was not a Roman citizen. A Roman citizen had particular rights. This man comes to, to, to Paul and says, are, are you actually a Roman citizen? Yep, I was, I was born in this city. I'm, I come from this family, all this sort of thing. And he says, that's, that's crazy because, I mean, I paid a lot of money in order to get my citizenship. Uh, maybe it's he's serving in the military, so he has the citizenship. But this, this man was born with it. Okay, we are not going to be beating you today. All right. Um, takes him back into custody. And then we have Jesus entering into Jerusalem as a victorious king. And you notice that he is welcomed with these, um, these words. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? Um, so one who comes as this messenger from God. Blessed is the king, coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Very clearly messianic. Very clearly they are expecting him to come in as a victorious king. They are expecting him, um, you know, like Absalom coming into this city to take over control. That's what they are hoping for. That's not what he gives them, but um, that's, that's very much what they are welcoming in. And you notice just the quickness of Mark. We're in chapter 11 and we're already at Jerusalem. Um, so those are our readings for today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we thank you for being with us today and for every sign of your truth and love in Jesus Christ.
Especially we thank you for all works of Christian compassion. The good earth that is our home. Examples of wisdom and righteousness. Energy and strength to share your love. Each new insight into your grace. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for this great day, for the work that you have for us, for the blessings of each day. Gracious God, we remember in our own hearts the needs of others, that we may reach up to claim your love for them and reach out to give your love in the name of Christ. Especially we pray for Orthodox and Coptic churches, those subjected to tyranny and persecution, those who are outcast or strangers, those who offer welcome and hospitality, the renewal of those who despair, People of God, for what else do we pray? We lift up an anonymous prayer. Pray for Charlie, a friend of Bill's who's having family struggle. We pray for Michelle, Mike's cousin, who has cancer. For Pam, a friend of Bill's who's been transferred to a skilled nursing unit. For Rena, uh, Amy's friend. For Buddy and the other residents of the suites. Uh, for Barbara, recovering from surgery, and for Wayne, with health concerns. God of all who worship you, make us one with all your saints and with any who are in need. Teach us to befriend the weak and welcome the outcast, that we may serve the Lord Jesus Christ and live to offer him glory. In his holy name we pray, amen. And we continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org, for more information. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA 2018 edition, and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thanks for joining me. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.